Welcome to the Aligned Women Podcast, a podcast to empower women in chiropractic to grow practices that work for their families. I'm Dr. Danielle Eaton. And I'm Dr. Shauna Dingman. We're two moms who are navigating the journey of life and practice just like you. So sit back, take a deep breath, and enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of Aligned Women. I'm Dr. Shauna Dingman, and with me today is the wonderful Dr. Danielle Eaton, and we have a really special episode today. I'm really excited to bring it to you. As most of you know, Dr. Danielle spoke at The Wave in California a little while ago. So we had a recording of Dr. Danielle's presentation in episode 64 of the Aligned Women podcast. If you haven't listened to it, make sure you go back and and have a listen. Um, It's wonderful. She did such an amazing job and I love listening to it. I know you will too. The really cool thing about this episode though is that we're going to unpack a little bit of what happened before she flew out to California and what happened after she flew out to California, which... I really think is going to be at least as impactful for you as the actual content of her presentation. We're going to talk today about what it's like to be a working mom and have to bring something that big into your life and have it, you know, just kind of create the normal chaos in a family that a big trip like that would create. And both before and after there was some major fallout from her trip and her presentation at The Wave. So welcome, Dr. Danielle. You ready to talk today? I am ready. Yes. Before we do that, though, let's just uh, let everybody know that we have had a few people, actually, we've had a number of people asking us if we could create a mastermind for women who are in the dream up and startup phase of practice. So we have an amazing group of chiropractors, of women chiropractors called the Inspired Women's Mastermind that's going to be starting the week of September 20th. And we are accepting applications now. We will put the link to the application in the show notes. So if you are thinking about starting up practice, if you're in the early phases of practice in the startup phase, or if you're kind of like me where you've been in practice for a while, but you decided to just pop a grenade in your practice and start over again and rebrand and you're literally starting from beginning again... This is a fantastic mastermind for you, and we really encourage you to put in your applications. We only have spots for six in the group, and those spots will fill up quickly. So we will put the link to the application in the show notes. Yes, we have two spots already filled at the moment. So don't wait if you think that that's something that you would like to take action on and be a part of. And you can find the application at alignwomen.com forward slash inspired. Awesome. So the wave, how do you, how are you, now that you, it's done and you've probably listened to your own recording, how do you feel about it now looking back on it? You know, it's interesting. I typically don't like to listen to myself talk even after three years of podcasting and doing all the live videos. I tend to not listen to the podcast or watch my live videos because I think I sound ridiculous. <laughs> so I just avoid it because I know that if I listen and I don't like what I hear, then it gets me into that, 
you know, in that funk kind of, of like, oh, I'm not good enough. I don't speak clearly enough or I add too many interjector, interjectory words. And yeah, I actually listened to, watched the video of the presentation and thought, oh, I did better than I thought I did. Um, so that was really cool. Actually, I was, it was cool because I felt proud of myself for having done that. Um, I'm in a phase right now with a seven month old baby and three other kids where I feel like my self care hasn't been what I would ideally like for it to be. And I still have a lot of weight to lose from pregnancy and I don't feel like I'm in my best physical form right now. So that was a challenge for me even to just stay on the stage feeling like, oh, I'm a lot more soft and round than I would like to be (laughs) in this kind of (laughs) realm right now. But that was an opportunity for me to look at how I feel about myself, what I believe about my body, and to say, you know what, all that is, those, those are just stories that I tell myself, and none of that is really relevant to what I'm here to do mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, and you're right. They are stories that we tell about ourselves. I thought it was interesting how at the very beginning when you were talking about, I'm, you said, I'm too fat, too blonde, too young. And I thought, isn't that interesting that those are words that, that you tell yourself that make you feel not good enough, like too blonde that like, it's, it's just funny. I mean, all of the, all of those things. And I think you said too old, none of those things. I don't think any of us would ever think about you, but it's interesting how you pulled those words out. Those are the things about you that make you doubt yourself. And it's like you said, we all have our stories. I have my own stories too. And um, it really made me think when I saw that slide up on the screen, I wonder what the words are that I would say, I'm too or I'm not enough in front of an audience and just reminding me that you know, those are things to work on. They are things to work on. And at the same time, I got to look at them and go, you know what? These are things that I get to accept Mm -hmm. about myself. Like Mm -hmm. this is, this is me and I'm going to go give this presentation regardless of what size I am or how old I am or what color my hair is. None of that really matters. And what matters most is the message that I was there to deliver right? Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, what I really recognized through that process was that all of those things that I tell myself, they're all stories that I use just to keep myself safe and protected, right? Because I could easily say, you know what? No, thank you. Now is not the time because I am, um, I'm too overweight to go stand on the stage and do a presentation. But really it was about me being able to accept myself and to know that that was like how I am right now is really okay. And it's more than okay. It's perfect as is. Yeah. It's, it's all part of, it's all part of, we each have our own journey. Mm -hmm. Um, what, are you able to pick out sort of one main point you had, you had lots of amazing points in your presentation, was there one in particular that if you could have only said one thing on stage, what was the one thing you really wanted people to hear? The point that was the hardest for me to discuss was taking care of yourself first Mm -hmm. 
before taking care of other people, especially with the number of children that we have in my family now, there's four of them total. They're 15, seven, four, and seven months old. And the seven month olds um, requires a lot from me. And we've made it easy for her to do that because she's been home with me. I work from home. And, you know, when I do have a sitter, the sitter brings her into me when she wants to nurse and I just kind of hand her back when she's done. So I'm always close by. I'm always accessible to her. Mm-hmm. Um, I, all that is to say, I haven't taken care of myself the way that I feel like is ideal or optimal over the last year. And that was the hardest for me to talk about because I really deeply, truly believe in it. And at the same time knew that there was more work for me to do in that realm myself. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't really come across in the video, but there were a couple of points where I had to pause because I was getting choked up talking and, um, yeah, it's not easy to spot per se in the video, but I was feeling it. Thankfully I was able to really keep myself collected. Like the emotions showed, I'm sure to people that were close by in the audience, Mm -hmm but I was able to continue on without breaking down and crying. (laughs) Yeah. Are you tearing up right now? No, not yet. (laughs) (laughs) Not yet. You know, the point that really hit me, and we talk about this a lot, but there was something about hearing you say it on stage. It just sounded different. When you talked at the very beginning about this idea that we're schooled to be perfect. Not, it's not about being our best, but about being perfect. And I think that really hit me because as a woman, as a wife, as a mom, I just thought, oh my gosh, that is so, so true. And it's such a lie. When did not being our best or not doing our best, when did that ever get not good enough? when did it have to be perfection? And it just, it made me feel so ticked off when I thought about it. The the fact that, I mean, this is really one of the biggest struggles that we see our audience, our members, our friends, our colleagues, our family going through. It's that constant struggle for perfection and this idea that you're not good enough anymore. Just you, you being you is not good enough anymore. And I really hope that every single listener really if you if you haven't listened to the podcast and you didn't hear the presentation then I just want to reiterate a point that was so salient to me from what Danielle said was there this is a lie this whole veneer of perfection that's out there we are not striving for perfection we are simply striving to be excellent and that in itself is good enough yes The thing about this message of needing to be perfect is that it goes beyond our profession, obviously. It's rampant across social media, and it's everywhere that we look. It's really infiltrated our our society, I feel like. Um, So it's hard to recognize sometimes that all these things that we, all these expectations we put on ourselves to be doing things all the time, to be accomplishing more all the time. It's really about this underlying message of being perfect when really there is no perfect and we're already perfect at the same time. It's 
I don't know. I could go on and on about this all day. (laughs) Well, you know what? I think we're going to end up circling back to that later when we talk about some of the things that happened after you got back. Um, Because you and I both, we both made a decision independent of each other, but it was essentially the same decision. And really, I think that what's at the core of that decision was this principle of, I want to be excellent. I can't be perfect. And in order to be excellent, I need to do dot, dot, dot. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. So tell everybody what happened the night before you were supposed to leave for the wave. Um, the night before. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Sorry. I was like, what happened the night before? Are we talking so, about Allison falling down the stairs? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So you messaged me. It was late. It was, I want to say like 10 o'clock my time. And you, you sent me this message. Allison fell down the stairs holding the cat. <laughs> we have to go and see an emergency vet clinic. And I'm not sure what's going on with Allison's head. And I have yes. to get on a flight first thing tomorrow morning. Yes. So that was unexpected. I was actually um, working with a patient in my office. And my daughter and her friends were running around the house. I don't know exactly what was going on because everyone has told me a little bit of a different story. Um, but she was holding our kitten who was about four months old and she went tumbling down the stairs face first and bruised up her face, cut open her upper eyelid, um, had a concussion and the poor kitten had a broken foot. So we had, yeah, we had an emergency vet visit, x-rays for the cats, rest um, for the seven-year-olds. And, you know, for a moment, I thought, oh my gosh, like I should have been paying attention. I should have been supervising her more closely. So I had to work through some of that because I realized this could have happened even if I was just in the kitchen, like Mm -hmm. getting dinner ready. She could have fallen down the stairs regardless Um, But I did know really deeply that I was about to make some big changes in how we were doing things. And I didn't know exactly what that was going to be yet. So I had to leave the next day um, at 10 o'clock in the morning with my seven-year-old resting on the couch and the kitten under orders to not jump or run, which if you've ever had a kitten, how do you stop them from jumping or running? (laughs) And I just basically had to trust that my mother-in-law was going to make sure everyone was well taken care of while I was gone. When that happened, did you go through a period of, I shouldn't get on that plane, I can't go? You know, it never crossed my mind to not go. I think that maybe maybe it was because that was coming in the reverse order. (laughs) Mm. Um, But no, it never crossed my mind to not go. I, I think that if she had had a broken arm or something a little bit more serious than I probably would have questioned whether or not I should still be getting on that plane. But no, I knew I was going. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So just one important detail to point out that both Danielle and her husband, Ryan, were going to be away for the weekend. So Ryan was going to be away. Was he, how far out of town was he? Was he like a plane ride away or a car trip away? Car trip about three hours away. So he was gone and Danielle was gone and it was Ryan's parents who were going to be looking after the kids. So, you know, when I ask, did you think about maybe I shouldn't be getting on the plane? 
it was because neither parent was, was going to be home. Yes. Yes. Which was kind of a sore spot to be honest with me. I, I had asked my husband to not go on this trip that he was going on, which was to play golf with a friend and he was gone overnight. We originally had intended for him to come out to California with me and we were going to make it a trip together and long story short here, uh, we decided it would be best for him to stay home. And then suddenly staying home turned into staying in Missouri, but going away for the night to play golf. Uh, so that was kind of a sore subject for me for a bit because I, I felt a little resentful that he was going to go away after we had decided that he would stay home. And then our child was hurt and, and it just all felt so big. Like this was a big deal to me for to sure. Go, I, I'd never been to California before. I had never, um, I hadn't flown on a plane since any of my children had been born without them. Like that was a big deal to me. And I would have felt better having had him home with the kids. Mm-hmm. And we might also want to mention that he was previously the only person who had ever been able to give our baby a bottle. Right. So what happened yeah. there? So I presented Saturday morning uh, about 8.30 California time, Pacific time. And a couple of hours later, I checked in with my mother-in-law and she said that she was having a hard time getting our baby to take a bottle. She had been taking the bottle, but she was having a hard time getting her to take the bottle. So I thought, well, maybe she's just being stubborn she'll figure it out. I'll just keep trying. And I checked in a couple more times throughout the day, still no bottle, no bottle. And I was like, Oh gosh, surely by the time, you know, bedtime comes around, she'll, she'll get back on the bottle. Um, and the next morning I woke up at 4am in California. It was six o'clock in Missouri. I sent another message to my mother-in-law just to see if there had been any change. And she said, no, she's still not eaten anything since about 10 o'clock yesterday. And that's when I decided to change my flight and come home a day early so that I could get back to the baby and feed her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which was, you know, I was kind of sad, but what else does a mom do? Like yeah. the, the extra day that I was going to be in California, I was honestly pretty unscheduled. I was going to have breakfast with, with a client and then just do whatever I wanted to do for the rest of the day. And I felt like I did not feel good anymore about doing that, knowing that my baby was at home struggling and my mother-in-law was getting pretty stressed out about the situation too. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, when my husband got home on Sunday, about six hours before I did, I was already in flight, but he got home. He was able to get the baby to take a bottle. Of course. And I was on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So, um, so yeah, that was, that was an interesting thing. Like, you know, knowing that I wanted to have a little bit of a longer break from motherhood, um, than what I got, I felt like, again, bummed out that I had to come home early. Um, it turns out that I didn't actually have to, but for whatever reason it worked out that way. Yeah. So I was, I was home early and then, um, Things got even more interesting from there because 
I wanted to be sure that I expressed my frustration about my husband's choice to go away for the weekend, knowing that I was going to California and that the baby was struggling to take a bottle. I had to come home a day early. I missed out on this extra day of alone time to just relax and do whatever I wanted to do in a place I'd never been to before. And as we discussed things further, what he said to me was that he really wished I would stop working. And that was kind of a bombshell for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I love working. I have always loved working. Even as a mom, I've never envisioned myself being 100% um, not working. Although there's been phases, you know, where I've worked less and I've worked more. So that really felt like a punch in the gut, not necessarily in the way that it was offensive, but that it was like, whoa, okay, if this is really how he feels, then how, how long has he been feeling this way? And has he been feeling resentful? And then I just realized I had all these other things to, to really look at and um, that we hadn't been communicating well about mm-hmm. for quite a yeah. long time. So after we discussed things a bit further, I decided to make some changes and I, and I recognized too, standing on the stage, Sarah, talking about taking care of yourself now and making yourself a priority so that you can be in this game for the long haul so that you can practice for the long haul so that you can show up your best every day so that you can show up your best, not just for your patients, but also for your family every day. It requires you to slow down a little bit in that you take that time now to take care of yourself. And, um, I knew standing on the stage talking about it. And I actually even asked the audience, like, raise your hands. How many of you are doing the best you can right now to take care of yourselves so that your children learn by watching you? And I was like, Oh man, I I can't even raise my own hand right now. (laughs) Um, so I knew that was going to be something that I was going to be working on changing when I got back to Missouri. I didn't know the extent of what that would look like quite yet. Mm -hmm. So we decided, I decided, honestly, it was really my choice, but my husband was um, really happy that I made these choices. I decided that I was going to take time off of practice um, indefinitely. I don't have a specific time frame set around that and just focus on aligned women for a while. And I know just focus on aligned women in air quotes sounds like, I don't know. Actually, I don't know what it sounds like to other people. Um, I talked with another chiropractor about it yesterday and she was like, well, enjoy the break. And I was like, but what I'm (laughs) actually, (laughs) what I'm actually doing is like, I work about 25 to 30 hours a week in aligned women, sometimes more. If people are not in a space where they're running, like, you know, we're podcasting, running a membership site and you do the majority of the content for the membership site. We podcast together, but you definitely do way more work for aligned women than I do. If you're not in that space where you, you have to come up with content on multiple different planes for multiple different groups. I mean, I certainly know what it's like to run several, you and I, we run several groups together. And then I have several private Facebook groups outside of that, that I also run. When you aren't used to generating that kind of content and having to think about what it is that those people need on a regular basis and then functioning in different platforms. And, uh, you know, we have clients, we have coaching clients, we have our mastermind clients. It's, 
it's a juggling nightmare sometimes. It's a lot of work. It's it's a lot of hours. Like that in itself, that's a full-time job. So it is also very difficult to run a practice on top of that where you have to be fully focused on the patient care within your brick and mortar building. So I, I think if unless somebody is actually in that space where they're also doing those things, you can't even conceive of how many hours and how much brain power it takes to run something like aligned women and do a good job at it. Well, that's the thing, right? Is that there are other speakers in chiropractic who I really admire and who I listened to while I was in California. And I heard them saying that if you are coaching other chiropractors, you yourself should be walking the walk. You should be practicing. And if you're not, you're not legit enough. And I thought, ah, yet, like, I feel like, yes, they're right. And at the same time, I know that I'm being incongruent when I'm running two businesses and trying to be mom to four kids and a wife and take care of myself. Something has to give because my family needs so much of me and our home needs so much of me. Um, and I have help in all of those things. I, I have a house cleaner. I have sitters for the kids. I don't do all of that myself, but I still need help with those things. Um, and so I, what I recognized was that I was being incongruent by trying to do all of it mm-hmm. just for the fact that I could say I coach chiropractors and I practice. So I'm legit enough. How many professional coaches you think, think of professional athletic teams, coaches, most of those coaches have never been professional players themselves. I mean, you can do something really well, but not necessarily be in it at the moment. And you and I talked about this before in the pre-chat that most of the challenges that our listeners come across, they have nothing to do with whether or not I should do a diversified adjustment or a Thompson adjustment, or how do I deal with this particular bowel issue or whatever. They are issues to do with managing their lives and their practices and finding that balance between the two of them. And I mean, I see what you're doing is just simply being congruent, right? We talk all the time about the one thing, focus on one thing and do it well. Yeah. It makes total sense to me. To me, I just think, awesome. Now Danielle's got more time to focus on me as an aligned woman member. I'm happy. Well, that's the thing. Behind the scenes, there's a lot of things for an online business that aligned women needs. Mm-hmm. And, um, and for us to be able to help serve more women in chiropractic, those things will need to be in place. Um, but it requires somebody to have their eye on all those things and even to be delegating them to someone else um, and to just kind of be like a, a driving force in it all, right? So... Mm-hmm doing that in two businesses over the last year or two years has been quite honestly a a lot to manage and knowing that I have a lot of work to do on my own health and, um, you know, recovering from childbirth and pregnancy Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then an appendectomy that was a surprise in June Um, just all of it feels like I really have to decide what do I let go of? What do I focus in on? And what do I really want to be excellent at? 
because yeah. I can be good at a lot of things, but you know, I've kind of always been that way. I've been good at a lot of things and now it feels like time for me to master one thing. And, you know, I think that there are probably a lot of our listeners who have had husbands express the same notion. I know mine has a couple of times in my career, just, you know, simply saying, I think our family works better when you're at home and I'm not going to tell you to, but I would like you to stay at home with the kids. And, you know, being now as far along in our marriage and with kids, the ages that they're at and with, you know, almost 20 years of practice under our belt, now looking back, I wish I had understood what was behind those comments. And so when you messaged me that Ryan had said that to you, the first thing that I thought of was, what's his frustration? Because there's a frustration in there. I mean, Ryan's a great guy. Our husbands are wonderful men. And what I've learned through this whole process is that mostly what they want, they want us to be happy. Yeah. They want us to feel fulfilled and it's hard for them. It's, it hurts them to watch us doing what we do where we're struggling and we're trying to be perfect in every realm and we're driving ourselves crazy and we're burning ourselves out. Um, and I think, well, I know that that's, that's really what was behind Ryan's comment was simply, it was, I don't know how to help you with this, but I see you doing what is not congruent with your values. And the only way I know to help fix this, because our, our men are fixers, right? The only way I know to help fix this is to relieve the burden of you quitting and to simply suggest maybe it's better for you to stay home and not work. It's a loving thing, but really what it is, is it's an attempt to help fix a frustration that we're experiencing that we aren't helping ourselves with. Would you agree with that? I wholeheartedly, 1000% agree with that. Yes. Yeah. And, so, and that, was, that was the big thing. And that was a big takeaway for me was that I, I could make a decision and I could say, I hear all of those messages. And sometimes I even believe myself that in order to do what we do in Aligned Women, I should be, I should be practicing. I should be growing a million dollar practice. I should be you know, <laughs> having the most successful practice there ever was in order to help other women do the same thing. But I had to evaluate what do I really feel is best for me and my family. And right now that means that I need to be more present for, for the kids. Yeah. And the reality is most women don't want million dollar practices. They want practices that do a great job providing for their families, but also allow them to feel like they can enjoy their life and be great moms. And so I think that's, I mean, the struggle that you're going through, that is the struggle that every single one of our listeners is going through. That is the struggle that every single aligned women we serve is going through. And so I think it's really helpful for everybody to know that we go through the same stuff that you guys are going through. We have the same kinds of arguments a lot of times with our kids, with our husbands, with sometimes with our patients or our teams. It's what, what you're going through. It's not just you. And I think if there's one thing that being part of the Aligned Women community is great for is the sense of you are not in this alone. You're not isolated. I wish that the first time my husband, and actually it was a coach, 
I had a coach at the time who said his answer when I was describing the struggle that I was going through, my daughter, so my second child had just turned, I think she just turned two. So I had been off for a while on mat leave and then come back into practice. And man, Craig and I, we were in practice together. And really, this was a new thing for us, us being in practice together. We had started with separate practice and we merged our practices when I was pregnant with Jenna. So we only had a few months when I was pregnant where we were practicing together. And it was a, it was a disaster. <laughs> like we, we fought so much, we couldn't figure out how to co-captain the ship. And then I went off on mat leave. And so when I came back from maternity leave, we still had to go through that process of figuring it out. And we did for about a year and it was hard and it wasn't working very well. And so my coach, his answer was, I think the best thing for both of you is for Shauna to stay home. Never once did he ever say for one of you to stay home and one of you to run the practice. There was never a question about whether Craig would ever stay home. That was never offered out there. It was Shauna. And, and it never occurred to me to say, well, hang on a minute. Why does it have to be me? I think at that point, I felt like it was so much trouble that screw it. I'm just like, this is easier. Our family does work well when I have control over all the stuff at home. So I'm going to take control of that. And I literally walked out that day and I said to Craig, rebrand if you want, let go of the team if you want, whatever you want, it's your ship to steer. I'm out. And if I had had support, if I had had a community like this, if I knew the questions to ask, if I even understood that what I needed was help, I needed help sorting through all this, and I just, I didn't have anyone to ask, I'm not sure that I would have made the same decision. And I had lots of great years at home. Like, I don't regret that. And I ended up getting pregnant again. We had our third. I had another great mat leave with him. It was awesome. So it's not that I regret those years, but I see them so differently now. And what I see is, and Craig has mentioned this a number of times, that he didn't specifically want me to stay home. He just wanted the fighting to stop. And he wanted, he wanted me to feel at peace. I never knew that he thought that. And so many years later, he said, Shauna, I just want you to be happy whatever it is, work, don't work, work part-time, work here, work there, whatever it is. I just want you to be happy, whatever that is and however I can help. And so I think we need to know that about our partners and about our husbands that when they complain about what we're doing, really most of the times, and I can't speak for every husband or partner that's out there, but it is a loving response to them seeing us hurting ourselves. And so we need to take the responsibility and recognize it for what it is and, and just slow down for a minute and say, okay, what am I doing and what needs to change? And you already had a sense of that on the plane going out and coming home. So that conversation, that was going to happen anyways. His, his comment was simply a trigger, an impetus to the conversation, but it was going to happen no matter what. And it sounds to me like you guys resolve things in a, like, record time, probably because you already knew the answer. Mm, possibly. And to be honest with you, um, the reason that changes and decisions happened quickly was because I decided. And, mm -hmm. you know, when I laid out a plan for having more structure with the kids and their routine and my work schedule, 
all of it. And I said to my husband, this is what I'm going to do. He looked at it and he said, okay, that's great. I'm excited. I'm glad that you're making these decisions. And I was like, hmm, okay. Where I had been bouncing back and forth between should we continue homeschooling? Should we not continue homeschooling? Should I send the kids to private school? Should I send them to a Montessori school? Should I hire a full-time nanny? I don't know what to do. And I finally just decided this is what I'm going to do. And then he was 100% on board. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And I I think it comes back. I said at the beginning of the podcast that we were going to circle back on this, um, this idea of you can try to be perfect in so many realms that what you end up being is just very mediocre in pretty much every realm of your life and making everybody else around you unhappy. So what you did was you made the decision to be your best in the realms that were the most important to you. So focusing on one thing in business and making those tough decisions for the family. I, like I know you've struggled for a long time about whether to put the kids back in school or homeschool and just making the decision, I'm sure was such a relief and just speaking it out loud and saying, this is what we're doing. Exactly. Yes. And it's been really great since then. (laughs) And, you know, decisions are rarely forever. That's the cool thing about what we do is if you guys decide partway through the year, you need to make a change, you make the change then. But just having an action plan is so important. And I think from our husband's standpoint, because they, they think that's how they think, right? They're very problem solution oriented, just having an action plan and you being able, not being, you know, gray about what it is, you being black or white about how the decision is going is so helpful for them because now they can see what it is moving forward. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, just um, a comment on the whole situation from, you know, before you left to the week after you got back and how everything resolved itself. I often find that when we go to do big things, whether it was your talk in California, whether it was decisions that were going to be coming down the pipe for you and Ryan and the family, I often find that chaos surrounds those things. It's almost like, I don't know, chaos or the universe or the enemy or whoever you want to talk about throws up barriers left and right when you're about to take a step in the right direction. And sometimes I think that we shy back from those things. You know, it's like there's this great big caution tape that's thrown in front of us. And sometimes it's the best sign that the best thing you're supposed to do is to move through it, not back down from it. Sometimes it's a great sign that you're actually moving in the right direction when you feel like there's all sorts of barricades and stop signs being put up in front of you. Um, You know, this idea that, if you're going to let your light shine as brightly as possible, the dark is going to try and creep in there and keep you from doing that. And the best thing we can do is just be solid in what we believe and what we know and let your light shine. And I love this story. I love this whole podcast because I think that that's exactly what's happened. You Not only did you go and you had an awesome talk that's inspired who knows how many chiropractors, but you came home and you made these solid decisions in your family that are going to show your kids what your values are, that are going to model to them what you want, that are going to make your life easier, that are going to allow you to focus and that are going to allow you to be excellent 
in the realms that are most important to you and Ryan. And I really congratulate you. I, I think that the whole scenario must have been heart-wrenchingly difficult, but the way you've come out of it on the other side is so congruent with what you're teaching your members. Yeah, that's really what it came down to, right? Is that uh, what kind of model do I want to be for the kids? What kind of model do I want to be for um, other women in our community? And do I want them to be feeling as though they should be able to do it all? Because so many times people have said it to me, like, you do so much. It's so amazing. I don't know how you get so much done in my goals. Because I am, like, turned tuned into social media more often than I want to be, or I'm, you know, on devices, um, when I probably should be in bed instead. And as much as I set boundaries around those things, like I take six to 9 PM off of electronics every evening. I still find myself like getting the kids to bed so I can get back to doing something productive. And I just realized that that was not what I want my kids to learn and that they learn so much by watching what I do, not mm-hmm. by what I, not by what I say, not by what I tell them that they can or cannot do, but by what I do. Yep. Authenticity. So I am glad that we got to talk about this today. I hope that, you know, hearing some of the behind the scenes stuff that went on around the event helps for helps more women in our community to see that while it's awesome and exciting to be invited or asked to speak at an event like this, that there's a lot that goes into it. I mean, I think everyone knows that really. There's a lot that goes into it being a mom, especially Mm -hmm. taking that time away from your family. Um, And then, you know, just recalibrating when you return, recalibrating your routine, um, getting everyone back on track. Because I mean, let's face it, if your kids are with their grandparents, they're not going to be in their normal routine <laughs> while you're gone. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot, it's a lot for us to take on in this phase of life, but it's doable if you feel that that's what you're really called to do right now. Yeah. And you do it with help. Yeah. A lot of help. Yes. A lot of help. <laughs> a lot of help and someone you can message late at night and go, ah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you for, thank you for that. <laughs> Anytime, my friend, is there anything else that you want to tell our listeners? I think the most important thing is for us to know that we're all in this together and that none of us have, none of us have the perfect life that we might seem like we have through social media Everyone, not everyone, a lot of people are really good at making things look really good through their pictures or, you know, in their videos or whatever, but that you don't know what's going on behind the scenes and you don't know how stressed that family might be, how stressed the kids might be, how lonely the kids might be, um, or, you know, you just don't know what's going on in that person's life when they're not posing for a selfie. (laughs) So keep that in mind. And, and when you do feel like you're comparing yourself or that you should be doing more or that you're not perfect enough, just remember that there's a whole community of women who are going through the same thing that you're going through right now. And that we're all here to support you. 
Absolutely. Okay. For joining us today on the podcast. It's been a great chat. I've really enjoyed being able to unpack some of the stuff with you, Danielle. Me too. Thanks so much for being up for it. Yes. So if you have found value in today's podcast, could I just ask you to pause for a moment and share this podcast episode out? One of the ways that makes it easier for people to find us is by the number of shares that we have on the podcast. So, you know, if you're thinking of someone, just message them with a link to this podcast and let them know that there's something in it for them. And if you're interested in checking out a mastermind and you're in the startup or dream up phase of your business, we would love to have you fill out an inspired women's mastermind application. It's at alignedwomen.com forward slash inspired. All right, everyone. We will see you next week for a new episode of the Aligned Women podcast. Take care. Thank you for joining us today on the Aligned Women podcast. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, we would love for you to head on over to iTunes and hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can join the community of amazing women doctors in our free private Facebook group, Mama Chiropractors, by going to alignedwomen.com slash mama chiropractors. And if you'd love to fast track your success in life and practice, subscribe to the waitlist for the Aligned Women Team group coaching membership by going to alignedwomen.com forward slash join. Have an amazing day and we look forward to seeing you next time on the Aligned Women podcast.